Hi, folks. Welcome to The Modern Spiritualist. My name is Raheem Nanos. I am an intuitive reader uh, with The Modern Spiritualist. Today, I'm going to talk about um, kind of just like the beginning of, uh, like a beginner's guide to tantric practice, basically. Uh, so I'm going to talk about this like it's a completely clean slate, like, you, you know, that you potentially haven't heard of this before, or if you've heard of this, you don't... Uh, quite know what it means or how to do it, and maybe you have an interest in exploring it. Um, and so, you know, I really, with this podcast, intend to strip things down to their basics because, um, especially with something like this, where, you know, it's such an ancient practice and there's so many, you know, aspects of this that you could look at or study. And I think if you're just coming into this kind of practice, it can all just be very overwhelming. And you don't need to be um, in the lineage of an ancient practice to do this. You don't really need to understand anything at all. If you want to get the benefits out of it, which I'll talk about what those are, um, then this is you know something to take home with you. And uh, so I'm gonna I'm gonna discuss basically. What it, what it is, bare bones, specifics. Um, I'm going to talk about the potential benefits of it, like why you would want to do a practice like this, and then also the, the steps to doing this, which are really, really simple. This is a really easy thing to practice, uh, but it's also bottomless, just like anything, any practice like this. I mean, if you're just talking about... Um, mindfulness meditation, you know, just breath meditation, which I will kind of allude to throughout this podcast because they're, they're, they're linked, they're, they're connected. Um, they're, they're similar in the way that I'm going to kind of approach it for these purposes. And, um, you know, just easily accessible. You don't need money. You don't need anything other than you to do this. So, um, so we're going to get into that before I start uh, if you have been with me in the past, it's been a while since I have done a podcast, I believe. I only did one in 2020. Maybe I did some at the beginning of the year, but I did one in the summer about Black Lives Matter, and um, I haven't done one since. As we're coming into this year now in 2021, um, I have felt more settled. I feel more settled. I really was focused on building my business and expanding that business last year among all my own personal spiritual work which I did a lot of, and uh, it just wasn't the right time, especially because I, you know, YouTube was my focus primarily. And so as I'm coming back to this now, kind of with fresh vision um, and fresh energy, I have decided to proceed to doing these monthly. I was doing them weekly when I first started out, like the first year. Um, but I, I think given given my, my workload right now, it just felt unrealistic to try to cram these in weekly. So they, the podcast episodes will be released once a month, the second week of every month. The first, the first week of each month, I'll be posting a blog post. And then the last two weeks of each month, the focus will be YouTube. So if you are interested in that, you can see my blog, on my website, it's modernspiritualisttarot.com. Uh, if you want to see my YouTube content, uh, which again, this has been my focus, so there's a lot of content on there, you can uh, visit 
you can search The Modern Spiritualist. The channel is called The Modern Spiritualist on YouTube. Um, I also do daily uh, posts on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Instagram is my primary account. It's at Modern Spiritualist Tarot. And Facebook, Twitter, same thing. Um, so let's get into this now. I'm happy to be back. I hope that some of you are still with me. And uh, it's nice to speak with you again um, and see how this podcast will kind of shift now, showing up, showing up the way that I am now. Um, and if you would like to schedule a reading with me, you can do that on my website as well. Again, modernspiritualisttarot.com. Okay, so I'll link it in the description box below. If I can, it depends on the platform that you're listening from. Um, so... This, this serves as a beginner's guide to tantric practice. Um, and I want to discuss first what it is. It's basically, I mean, I, I would call it sexual meditation. It is a body practice. It has a lot of similar benefits as just a sitting meditation practice, um, except it, it actually moves energy through the body so it releases stagnation. Um, you know, it, it can lead to orgasmic release in a, in a traditional sense, or it can lead to many other things. What's important to understand is that the intent with tantric practice is not orgasm, um, but that's fine if, if you get there. That's absolutely fine. Um, but it is intended to put, pour your mind into your body like any good practice, uh, and then to, to heal and release and move things out. Um, what this does is it helps ground your body. It helps align your body and your mind. Um, and it can, it, it can do a lot of uh, wonderful things for healing sexual trauma. So um, you can use this practice if you have sexual trauma of any kind, big or small, um, both on a personal level and a collective level, which is important because, you know, on a personal level you can have, you know, a broad spectrum of, of trauma, whether that affects your life drastically or not. Um, but then there's also kind of collective level trauma, which we're all kind of connected to. And so even that alone, um, you know, you can help contribute to clearing our patterns around sexual trauma um, through this practice, regardless of your personal relationship with sex and sexuality. Um, so it's beautiful work. Uh, you can do this on your own or with a partner. For these purposes, I'm going to talk about self-exploration because it's, uh, it's just the thing that everybody can do, um, but you can apply this to your life however you want to. So everything I say about this, you can apply to exploration with a partner. It's not a big deal. Uh, I think the sexual, or I'm sorry, I think the self-exploration level is really important for me to focus on because it kind of hammers home the idea that uh, you're all you need, right? You can do this work. You can engage um, with yourself intimately. And um, that's the intent here is this practice. You need to meet this practice where you are. And if you do struggle in partnership, whether that's um, struggling to keep a partner, struggling to find a par partner, or just your relationships are very volatile, um, this is a way to... Uh, We'll break those patterns 
to be completely honest with you, because um, because you make the focus you, you become the center of the mandala again, rather than needing that from other people, and so that can actually help shift relationship patterns. But it's also, you know, about um, kind of what I the same thing that I said with the orgasm thing, where the orgasm is not the intent. It's the same thing here. The intent is not to seek; it is to work with what you have, and that kind of gets you out of. Um, feelings of, of lack uh, in terms of this work. And so it's, it's, an, it's an important piece. So I'll be speaking about self-exploration. If you are in intimate partnership and you want to explore this with a partner, go crazy, okay? So on, you know, on grounds of personal trauma, if you have trauma around gender uh, or sexuality, this is a really great tool. If you have trauma around sexual abuse, this is a really great tool. If you have issues with body image, this is a great tool. Um, or, you know, if you grew up with a lot of taboo around sex, regardless of whether you buy into that story or not, um, you know, most of us have on some level, and this can absolutely help unwind that. And, uh, you know, you could have none of the traumas I just listed and still get a lot out of this, like I said, because the practice kind of erases cultural narratives that we've been inundated with, regardless of our personal traumas, collectively. It's a great meditative tool uh, for transcendence as well, if that's what you're looking for. So all in all, I think it's th the best use of it is its capacity to help us understand underlying guilt or shame around sex, engage with it, and clear it. And what you'll find is that, you know, what you're conscious of is one thing, and then also what you're carrying in your body unconsciously is another. So if you feel like you don't have any trauma around sex, you might find that you actually do. It's just stored in your body, and you've learned to, you know, ignore it, or you were just, you know, you were unaware that it was there. Because it may just not be, um, you know, it may be so powerful that you have to ignore it, or it may just be so minor that you didn't kind of, you didn't realize it was there. You know, it could be you know, either side of that spectrum. The other, you know, nice thing about this, this practice is it helps us to understand how the body talks to us. Kind of what I was saying about, you know, mind-body alignment earlier. So if you are a person that uh, is very head-heavy or, you know, kind of ethereal, you know, like tends to float around not in your body very much or tends to scatter in your mind, uh, this is a great tool to get into the body if you struggle with that. Uh, and if you don't have a body movement practice to speak of, like you don't do yoga or tai chi or you don't dance or uh, have any kind of activity like that that moves energy through your body, this can move it in ways that you honestly probably need. <laughs> so um, it helps ground us and keep us in the body. It helps us form you know, new neural connections between the mind and the body so that we understand what the body is telling us. Uh, which just improves our health and well-being. Um, and, you know, if you don't have some sort of body movement practice, uh, you know, for a variety of reasons, whether it's like you feel like you can't afford, you know, a, you know, a yoga class, or if you just have blocks around, um, around body movement, this is a, a kind of great entryway into body movement work because we all masturbate, right? So, you know, not, <laughs> not a big deal. Um, it's, it's not anything you aren't already doing, right? I mean, most like, I would assume. It also allows us to um, explore kink without shame and identify how to channel or explore those kinks in healthy and consenting ways, whether 
this is for self-exploration or not. And again, this is just about the intimacy piece, discovering who you are as a sexual being, right? Which many of us um, have a certain degree of separation from because of our sexual trauma as a collective. Um, and there's always more. You know, you can always kind of refine, even if you are pretty self-aware of yourself in that sense, uh, there's always more, so there's always, you know, things you can get out of this. Um, and, you know, it also just depends on, you know, you can come to this work with a variety of intention. I would assume that kind of the umbrella of that is just self-improvement or well-being or health, right? Um, or exploration of some sort. And so if you're, you know, kind of already, if you work with kundalini energy or you work with body movement practice or meditation um, and you're just seeing how much you can get out of this kind of thing in terms of just if you're, if you're going for ecstasy, if you're going for the ecstasy, uh, big E in that sense, uh, it's, it's very possible. I mean, this, this can lead to orgasms through breath alone without touching yourself. Um, especially in like another situation that involves transcendent uh, mind states, just like, you know, just sitting meditation. I have experienced that via sitting meditation because of my tantric practice. And so this kind of opens up things and connects things to other practices in ways that, uh, I mean, are truly mind blowing. Um, so regardless of where you are, this is just an awesome, awesome thing. Um, additionally, I am not a medical professional. And so I'm, you know, going to say this with a grain of salt. If you have health issues in terms of sexual dysfunction, um, you know, physically, whether it's erectile dysfunction or problems coming or vaginismus or I, I hope I pronounced that right or whatever, you know, um, it can help. It can ease these symptoms potentially, sure. Uh, but bare minimum, because this is what I can speak about at least, it's about the shame piece because the motivation or intent behind a tantric session isn't to orgasm, I mentioned that. Um, it's to have a conversation with your body and release trapped energy and, and move it and create flow. So it doesn't matter if you struggle with any of that uh, because that's not the aim. So it creates this environment of sexual, act, of sexual safety within whatever you're struggling with. Um, it's okay if it feels like, you know, your, your parts aren't like, quote unquote, working correctly or whatever. You can just work with what is. Um, and that can help ease the symptoms because uh, we're, we're not in our heads about, about it. You know what I mean? It's like the shame, the shame of experiencing that kind of thing, like ED or whatever, um, can be released. And, and often that can kind of lead to breakthroughs. So, um, so yeah, that's something to keep in mind. Um, you know, kind of on the, on the higher plane of this, beyond well-being, it helps us create new links between divine energy and sexuality. Um, I mean, I don't want to say beyond well-being. I just mean if, if you're really focused on the, um, making new spiritual connections, which you don't have to. You can just do this for wellness. But if you are interested in making those additional spiritual connections um, in whatever way, um, you know, I just, you know, I, I want to set the, the foundation here uh, that you know, life itself is sexual energy. Um, sexual energy and creative energy are the same thing. Everything is part of the creation, right? And so, um, you know, one of the things that I do in my practice is I surrender my orgasms as offerings to the divine. Often, um, and this is a great practice, uh, especially for me who I struggle with surrender. And um, 
so I need to practice surrender often, <laughs> right? And so this is like a great way for me to do that. Um, you have to get to a certain point to do that, I think, because if you struggle with a lot of shame around sex or you're battling concepts that have been drilled you know, into you about sex being taboo or separate from the divine, um, you know, then you, you may not be able to go that far right away. But that's kind of the beauty of this practice is it meets you where you are. And I, you know, I'll, I'll keep saying that <laughs> potentially, but uh, you can do what you want, right? You can do what you want. So um, if you are truly tapped into the energy of the divine, through this work, you'll discover like an utter lack of judgment from the spirit world towards sexuality. <laughs> like seriously, I mean, that being said, you know, shame cuts us off from experiencing the divine. So um, this issue in particular is a major block that we have collectively experienced between spirituality and sexuality and, you know, creating this taboo and this separation. And that's why this practice is really crucial in helping unweave all that. Right, uh, you know, spirit doesn't care that you masturbate <laughs> at all. The universe doesn't care. Your ancestors don't care. No one cares. <laughs> okay, so that as a preliminary, um, I guess I, I want to explain how to do this, how to, how to start doing this. Um, if you're like, okay, I get you, I understand you, I'm ready to go. Tell me what to do. Right. So here's the thing: is um, you know when you are like first starting out meditating. I think some of you may be able to relate to this experience. Like you decided that you want to start meditating, but you don't know what to do. You don't know where to go, right? And you might get onto the internet and read a bunch of different articles about mindfulness meditation and how to do it or whatever and study techniques. And of course, there's so many techniques. You know, it's so bottomless and so ancient and from so many different cultures and has been uh, weaved in so many different ways that it can be kind of overwhelming. Um, but I mean, the reality of, of learning how to meditate is to just do it. You just need to sit and breathe, and that's it. I mean, you can research mindfulness all day long. The only way that you're gonna understand meditation is to sit and observe your breath and do it, and that's it. It's, it's that simple, right? And so you have to cut to the quick of it um, because that's the whole point, is the simplicity. That's how you come back into yourself, into your, into your alignment, into your vibration, right? And um, so it's the same thing with tantric practice. You can look up techniques or whatever, and, and I did this when I started out, but it was, it was largely useless, right? And, and there's, um, I think, certain issues with gender binary that you'll find where, you know, there's techniques for men and there's techniques for women, and I think it's kind of all bullshit. I mean, not that there isn't, you know, meridians and, and certain ways that different genitalia function, um, but, you know, it, when you're trans, for instance, you know, you may have, you know, a certain set of genitalia, but a different set of hormonal rewiring if you're on hormones, and then it all gets kind of muddled, and it all kind of becomes the same thing. And so, you know, if, you're, if it's a situation where you're trans, and you're assigned female at birth, and you're trying to read, you know, an article about, you know, female techniques, like female genitalia techniques, it's not going to work as well as, as you're going to want it to. And same thing if you if you hop over to the men's section it's it's the same kind of deal where um you really are kind of a mixture so splitting it doesn't work and that may be the case for non-binary people too i don't know um but because everybody's gender is different and everybody's sex is different and everybody's sexuality is different um i find that that uh trying to stick to binary techniques really does not work very well so um that being said 
knowing how to do this comes out of doing it, just like meditation. Um, you will find what works for you in time if you make it a consistent practice and keep showing up. You know, so it's, and that means showing up through frustration, through the fear of the unknown, you know, and that means you know, not knowing what you're doing um, or not knowing what you're looking for in it and flubbing through it and bumping up against discomfort uh, or getting impatient and feeling like you're not making progress, right? It's all of, the, all of that shit. It's the ability to show up and be present for all of that, and that's what helps move the energy, and that's how you see the results, and that's how you learn to do what you're doing. And, you know, I say that, um, honestly, at the same time, you know, all that stuff, the discomfort, the not knowing what you're doing, the frustration, even though that, that can come up, I, I don't want to sound like that is um, going to be the primary experience. I mean, it might be. But, you know, I have found out personally and through others I've talked to, I've kind of discovered the same, is that this is one of the most fun spiritual practices ever because it's exploring pleasure. And it, it feels great to do. And so, you know, don't worry about it too much. Uh, the more that you relax into this and you just allow yourself to be in the process that you're in, even if you don't quite know what you're doing yet, um, you know, that's great. That, that is the practice. This is not about being an expert. This is about exploring yourself and, you know, creating that foundation of well-being. Um, and so you don't have to know what you're doing. You know, you'll find it. You will find it. And you're going to have a lot of fucking fun doing it. So don't worry about it. What you're going to do is you are going to create a space for yourself um, to do this first. This is a really important aspect of it. So um, if you're in a hurry, it's, it's just not the time to do it. Um, you're going to want to give yourself like enough of a time window where you can forget about time. So like a weekend or like a day where you don't have a lot going on or an evening to yourself, like those are all great options. Um, and you're going to want to just set up your space a little bit. I mean, work with what is. If there are certain things you can't do, if you struggle with depression and your house is a mess and it's going to be a mess and you're not going to do this this practice, if, you're, if you have to clean up first, then don't clean up, right? Just do the practice. But... Um, if, you're, if you're able, just try to set up the environment for yourself as nicely as you can. Like if you want to smudge, if you want to light candles, if you want to clean up, if, uh, you know, just get yourself comfortable, whatever that means for you and whatever is doable for you. And, um, you know, because you, you do want to get into a state where you feel relaxed, ideally. If, you're, if you rush this, then you might as well just, you know, get yourself off and, and move on with your day, right? And, and this is not the, uh, that's not the intent here. So, you know, give yourself an hour or whatever. You might not spend an hour, especially at first, you might spend 10 minutes and that's fine. The point is to just not have to think about the clock very much. And, and you know, music is good too. Um, you know, make sure that you're alone, that you won't be interrupted. Um, I mean, of course, unless you're with a partner, then at least, you know, make sure you're both alone and won't be interrupted. You know. Treat this as intimate time. And um, then you're just going to ask your body what it wants you to do. And so this is kind of how we, you know, be, if you've never done body work before, it, it'll feel kind of weird at first to like, you know, like to ask your body how it wants to be touched, to like ask your genitalia how it wants to be touched. You know, there, it's... Um, it's a hard barrier to break through at first. It kind of, it's the same thing as like if you, if it feels 
dumb at first talking to your shrine or animals if you don't have a, you know, a relationship with animals or plants or whatever. It's kind of like anything that you're not accustomed to giving a voice to. Um, it can be a little bit tricky at first. Uh, but if you just open yourself up to the possibility that you'll get an answer in return, then you will. You know what I mean? Even, you know, it's, it's not like they're going to talk back to you in words, although if you're clairaudient, uh, it might. That, you know, that's how I receive information usually, usually is via words. But, um, you know, your body will talk to you in the way that it talks to you. And so it's kind of like, you know, make sure that you use your hands and, and tap into sensation and um, kind of allow yourself to feel more cerebral and to get lost if you smoke weed, that's actually really helpful, or like, you know, chamomile tea or something that kind of unlocks your mind a little bit. Um, and ask your body what it wants you to do and just keep following that thread. And so um, what you'll find is it may be different from what you usually do, like whatever your habit is to, to, to get yourself off when you need to. Um, it's going to be a different story here because it's not, it's not how am I going to get to the orgasm as fast as I can or, or whatever. It's... Um, it's what is going to be pleasurable in this moment to help move energy through my body. And so it's, you know, it's, it might be genitalia focused and it might not, you know, maybe there's other parts of your body that just need to be touched or caressed or pressed or massaged or moved or whatever. And that's all part of the practice. Um, and that's it. That's really it. Give yourself a time frame. maybe start with 10 minutes so that it doesn't feel overwhelming. Make sure that you, you won't be interrupted. Make sure that you've got time so that you can lose yourself in it. Make sure that you, you know, find ways to relax and unlock your mind and be comfortable. Ask your body what it wants and do it. Um, and there's you know, a lot of ways, depending on you, that that may go. Maybe it just feels like nothing happens or you don't get it or your body's not talking and that's fine. That's your first session, right? That's where you're at. You know that, show up and try again. It may feel amazing. And you realize, oh my God, I haven't touched myself in this way before. And that was really nice. It may be very releasing. You may, if you're, if you're anything like me, you may just lose patience and focus and you'll get horny and you'll lose the thread and you'll just try to get the orgasm. And that's fine too. I think I did that my first two months of showing up consistently, right? Where I would have it and then I would lose it um, because I would get distracted by the need for release. And that's fine too, you know, so just make sure that you are um, approaching this with compassionate curiosity and that you're not shaming yourself and that you're not trying to do it right and that you don't come at this with an expectation um, because that's part of the practice too is, is it's going to reveal where you are at and like what your patterns are with it, whether you can't feel anything or... Um, you know, you know, in my case, being kind of addicted to the release. Um, or, yeah, and just, you know, yeah, my, impatience is kind of my thing. Um, but this is, you know, not about getting somewhere. And so that is a, a lot of the rewiring that it does for me, personally. Um, you might not feel anything at all. You might just feel uncomfortable if you, you know, if you are just uncomfortable with your body or with your pleasure, then you might experience that right away, like, oh, I'm uncomfortable with asking my body what it, how it wants to be touched. I'm uncomfortable with, 
you know, the idea of that or the pleasure that might bring or whatever, you know? So it really depends on where you're at and like what your relationship to sex and your body is. And that's the point is you're exploring where you are without shame or attachment to outcome, okay? And that's it, that's all you have to do. Um, be open to an array of different experiences and be open to it being different every single time that you do it. You know, the, maybe the first time sucks and you're uncomfortable and you don't feel anything and you don't know how to listen to your body, you feel like you're not getting a response, you know, whatever. Maybe the second time around, you have a breakthrough. Maybe it takes 10 times Maybe it takes 10, 10 sessions before you have a breakthrough. Maybe it feels good all the time for months and then randomly you, you brush up against discomfort for the first time. I mean, anything could happen and that is part of it. That's part of the practice, okay? Obviously, the more you do it, the more consistently you show up, the more you're gonna get out of it, the more you're gonna um, increase the likelihood that um, something really shifts for you in a big way. At the same time, if you keep doing this consistently, and it feels like you're not making any progress, there's gonna be a day, you know, where you realize what ha that something has shifted in you. And it, it could be related to sex and it could not. It could just, you could just realize, oh, that's what this tantric practice has been doing for me. And maybe you don't realize or see that result for a while and then suddenly there's a light switch moment and you do. Uh, that kind of happened for me. I did do this consistently for months and it took months for me to realize what had shifted, but then when I realized it was really big, it was big stuff. Um, and so, yeah, you know, don't give up if it feels like there's something here for you. Um, yeah, so that's it. I mean, I guess I'll, I'll talk about my own story a little bit. Um, you know, kind of my pattern was, and, and this is, um, I won't be reflecting everything, I won't be going into much detail, uh, but I, have, I had a lot of trauma and shame around sex, and it wasn't because I grew up in an environment uh, that told me sex was bad, necessarily. I mean, there were, you know, I grew up in a, in a suburban area where, you know, sex education in school was not great. I mean, it was a little taboo, taboo and they, it, you know, heavily Christian area, and they mostly just recommended not having sex, right? Um, and, you know, I think most families don't really talk about it that much. And then I also had a really bad example from my biological mom, from my biological mother, who was very fragrantly, fragrantly, who was very dis dysfunctionally sexual. Um, and so I kind of had multiple stories coming at me at the same time and also kind of dismissing all of them. Like, I, I didn't really... Um, think that I had preconceived ideas about sex. I mostly thought that my ideas of sex were pretty normal, like seemingly um, average. Like I didn't have great feelings of taboo. Um, I was pretty sexually open. Um, and I didn't think much about it. But what was actually, you know, what was happening under the surface of that is not only were those conflicting stories kind of tying parts of my body and knots but uh, I had a lot of shame around my gender. I had a lot of shame around my sexuality. Um, and a lot of that got buried really deeply to the point to where I didn't even notice it was there. And so, um, 
when I, you know, realized all of those things through other modalities later in my life, uh, from therapy and, um, you know, other types of spiritual work and just my own kind of, you know, research mind, because I'm always kind of exploring these things and sex has always been important to me. It's been a big force in my life. Um, and, you know, there were deeper issues too that I'm not going to get into. Uh, when I, you know, discovered, by the time that I discovered tantric practice, I um, had a good handle on a lot of those issues, like gender and sexuality, um, you know, sexual orientation and gender, I had already done a lot of work around. Um, my ideas personally of, you know, what I thought about sex and what was good for me in those terms, you know, was pretty, um, pretty well defined. And, uh, my issue, though, that I, that I was dealing with primarily that kind of led to me wanting to explore it was just kind of an obsession with sexual release. And so I wouldn't say that it was, like, impacting my life terribly badly, but I did kind of have um, an impulsive need to, to release that. When it came up for me, it was like I had no self-control. And it... Sometimes it would only come up once a day, but sometimes it would come up like six to eight times a day where it was just like, I can't stop needing the release. And then when I, you know, would get the release, nothing would be released. Like I wasn't actually releasing anything. I was just having orgasms and they weren't actually going anywhere. Nothing was moving. And um, I started getting really desperate because I was super frustrated, super agitated by it because I didn't, I did need this, this release in my body physically that was not happening. And, you know, I, I would fall down these like bottomless pits of pornography and getting more and more extreme with what I was viewing to try to find that release. And it wasn't working. And I'm not, by the way, not an anti-porn person. I'm not an anti-pornographic person at all. I, I do watch porn. I just watch it less now. And the, my behavior has changed with it just in terms of it's a little more fluid, a little more flexible. I don't, um, I don't go to it as an addictive thing anymore. Whereas before I did, it was a major source of comfort for me. And you know, when I needed it, I needed it. And it was just this obsessive thing. And like that, that pattern is completely cleared through doing this practice. And so now I still do watch it. I watch it less, but that's still maybe like once a day. And you know, I, I tend now to just sort of like subscribe to OnlyFans channels where I, you know I'm paying. I'm paying for my porn, and I'm interacting with people in a different way. Not always, but um, that's a major source of, of my you know, porn activity now, and that didn't used to be true. So I, I, I know that through this practice, it has, I have become more heart-based because it's like I'm reaching my community in a different way, um, reaching, you know, reaching out to the porn community in a different way in a more, uh, you know, I don't want to say moral or ethically. Well, I can use. I feel like I can use the word ethically. I started consuming porn more ethically um, after doing this, and it's not like I came into this with that intention. I came into this needing release that I wasn't getting, and I did achieve that, and that's when everything else transformed. So, um, and that's a really important piece to this too: is that this is not about shame. Like whatever your you know particular habit is that you may want to fix, if that's what you're coming to this for or you know, whatever your shame around sex or kink uh, or consent or anything is, 
It's like you gotta sit, you gotta leave all of that at the door and approach this um, naturally. Well, I mean, I, I don't want to say leave this at the door because they ne- need to be addressed and that's part of the practice. Uh, but it's like don't shame your shame. You know what I mean? If you feel shame, then just feel that shame and ask it what it needs through the practice. Uh, but do not um, do not shame yourself for whatever these habits are. They're there for a reason, and this, this practice is just a way for you to understand what those reasons are and, and heal them, essentially, right? So um, I feel like I was going to say something else about that. Um, oh, yeah, so then, you know, from there, through doing this practice for, uh, you know, I, I think several months at, the, at that point, um, things started changing. For one, you know, I started being able to have sexual releases without touching anything via meditation or whatever. My kundalini started getting more active and I was able to have little mini releases through, through my breath throughout the day. That actually really helped because what was happening was I was having these kundalini activations and they had nowhere to go because I didn't know how to direct them. And so um, this was key to kind of unlocking that door where now I can just, in the moment, if I'm feeling that agitation that used to kind of, uh, that used to kind of run the show with me because I was always trying to kind of get it out of me. It's like if I feel that again, I can just release it through the breath, feel into whatever chakra it's kind of, you know, it's, it's running around and then just kind of allow the blocks to, to release via breath alone just in each moment. And so it, you know, it's, you know, it's moving into a place where it's all the practice. Like I, I, I have, a, you know, a time frame where I consistently sit down and do my tantric practice and it's all become the practice now because outside of the practice, it's, oh, I need release right now and it's just through the breath, right? So um, you can kind of live differently from that place, um, be more in your flow, be less anxious. Um, and and then that, that's also when my, you know, just behavior around sex started changing too. It started coming into balance. Um, and that's all this really was. I think the intent here in the story was there was, there was, I was out of balance and this practice helped put me back in balance. It's not like it changed um, my consumption of porn I still consume it. It's just changed my relationship with it so that it's not running my life the same way that it used to, right? Um, and so that's what's important here. Whatever you do is fine as long as, you're con- as long as you're consenting and other people are consenting to whatever it is that you're doing. But, you know, outside of that, uh, your, your, sex- your sexuality is naturally what it is in this practice is about letting it be that, just letting it be what it naturally is, right? Um... Because I just mentioned consent, I do want to talk about that for just a tiny second. Like, there is no right and wrong in terms of exploring kink, sexuality, um, taboo things, like whatever, whatever comes up for you, whatever, uh, you know, whatever thoughts or energy you have or feelings or energy or whatever around it that you have um, is fine. The, the right versus wrong is in how you're expressing that consensually. And so, um, you know, and that includes consent from anyone you interact with, but it's also drawing and enforcing your own boundaries, you know, which means not engaging in a sexual situation that you don't really want. And through doing that, 
kind of perpetuating your own sexual misconduct on yourself, right? Uh, and so part of this practice also is understanding what your boundaries are so that other people don't cross them, so that you are not crossing your own boundaries and kind of um, getting in the way of your own sense, like inner sense of consent. And you may not know what that inner sense of consent is until you do this practice for a while. You know, that might be true. And so, um, yeah, that's, that's the other important thing is the only wrong thing here is lack of consent. That's the only, that's the only way that sex can be wrong. Everything else within a framework of consent is fine. So explore it, right? Um, you don't want to show up to your practice, you know, um, shaming any of that. And if there's shame there, then that's what you can address through the practice, right? Um, so the o only other thing I want to say about that is when you're doing this, um, make sure that you stay aware of what is coming up for you and address it as it comes up. And so if you're in the middle of, of, of doing this practice and you're feeling good, right? And then all of a sudden this discomfort comes up, you know, maybe you've been doing this for 10 minutes and then suddenly, oh, here's this discomfort. Um, that's when you want to ask your body, where is the discomfort and what does it need, right? And so in this way, this is how you're kind of going into your inner landscape and your body is showing you where discomfort is coming up, how old it is, what that discomfort needs from you to resolve, and then you can just move it out of your body through the practice and you, you'll learn how to do this through the doing, right? Like I said earlier. So um, that is... I'm going to stop now because I can hear lots of footsteps upstairs and it's going to distract me. And I think I pretty much said what I've wanted to say. So I hope that helped for, for any of you that, that want to explore this. If you have questions or need clarification, you feel free to email me at modernspiritualisttoreau at gmail.com. You can also DM me on Instagram um, or Facebook or Twitter or wherever you, wherever you find me. You can reach out and that's fine. Um, and... I guess I'll see you guys next month. I am really excited to be back here doing this, and um, I do intend to to do more things with other people this year. So, like interviews and conversations, reaching out to you know my greater you know intuitive reader community at large, and having conversations with them. So I'll be reaching out to people I don't really know. Um, and seeing if they want to get involved and just kind of seeing how this can grow and how we can bring other perspectives into the mix. So I am very much looking forward to that. And if you're listening to this and you would like to collab, please reach out to me as well, okay? So, uh, yeah, I hope, I hope this was helpful. And um, if, if any of you choose to, to, to try this, um, I wish you the best, and I hope that it's healing and transforming for you. Okay, have a good month. I'll see you guys in February. And uh, I love you. Bye.